0: thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks.
1: Welcome to Digital Voices. This is Ed. I'm your host. And again, it's so much fun to do these because I get to talk with my friends. And Today is no exception uh with Mike Mosquito Mike, welcome to Digital voices Ed, thank you for having me Glad to be here. Glad to see you again. I know it's I remember we didn't we hadn't seen each other like maybe in five years and then was it at hymns a year ago we saw each other for the first time in years and it was like for the first time. Gosh, I love this man. Where has he been? I knew something was missing in my life the last few years. I didn't realize it was Mike. It was me. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. We're back together again. Yeah. So I thought, hey, it'd be fun to have you on Digital Voices. So we first met each other, I'm thinking, like, could it be 20 years ago at um, 18- at
0: t Yeah, AT&T, uh, 15 years ago, actually. 15 years ago now. Yeah,
1: you were you were doing some work, uh, facilitation, I think, for, with, for AT&T. They had their advisory board, healthcare, yep. and I was on that advisory board and i was like oh i really like this this guy he's funny and he's fun and he's smart and uh he just likes to have a good time so i was like yeah, this is my type of person so uh right. we became friends since then and then we'd see each other at industry events and here and there and but yeah then you disappeared from my life for five years so i
0: did i took i took a break from um healthcare went out in the industry and picked up some new tools brought some things back to healthcare that could help move things around. So I did, I, I vanished for a little while, but I, I came back home.
1: Yeah, no, no, I'm glad Glad you did. So, you know, Mike, one of the first questions we ask on Digital Voices to get to know everyone a little bit better is what kind of music do you like to listen to? So what do you like to jam to?
0: Uh, and I'll tell you, I have a pretty varied music taste. Uh, I, I, if you looked at my my iPad or my one of my devices, my playlist, you see everything from Luke Bryan, who I actually saw in concert, Nice. to Patti LaBelle, pop, rock, jazz. I cover the spectrum. I actually play trumpet, play drums. Um, my dad just got my daughter a guitar for Christmas. We're both going to take music lessons nice. um, on guitar. So we have a pretty, we have a musically inclined family. So it's its fun. It's fun. I, but my, my music tastes, hey, Sugar Hill Gang, Cardi B, they're all on there.
1: <laughs> love it now the trumpet I didn't realize that wow so did you like play in high school or how did that I, come about
0: I did I played in high school um, I was first chair trumpet player um, in high school and I actually went on to play when I was at the Air Force Academy I actually played on um, some of the ceremonies um, trumpet players so I actually played trumpet um, when we had ceremonies that were off base
1: that is so cool I've got a to- I've got my trumpet over here. I'm eyeing it as you speak. Uh I got it all fixed up, all polished up, ready to go, but I uh I didn't get back on it. I need to. Maybe the I will now after this talk. There you go. There you go. So is there a mantra or life message or you know, something, a slogan, something that you know inspires you?
0: Um, I, I think being open to being a lifelong burner. And with that, being able to reach forward um, and ask for help while reaching back to help pull others along. So for me, I, as I tell my youngest every day, uh, before she leaves the school, go learn something, teach something and be nice. your boss. Um, nice. so I, that's that's kind of the thing we're doing for my oldest is over at Auburn. Um, I tell Kaylee, uh, you know what? the Last thing I tell her is make good choices. Dad's not here. <laughs> So my mantra is, is, you know, leave, leave an impression on young brains, leave a need for others to want to learn from you, um, be a servant leader behind that.
1: Good stuff. I think we'll be breaking into a little bit of that a little later in the show. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. We already learned quite a bit actually, but, uh, you know, where did you grow up and, you know, a little bit about your, your childhood and then the Air Force Academy all the way to the Academy.
0: So, uh, so I'll tell you, I, I grew up in um, lower Alabama. It's a little town called Grand Bay, south of Mobile. Um, my mom was a school teacher. My dad was, uh, worked for the railroad. He played semi-pro baseball. Um, came from Panama. Uh, so I got some hot blood in me from down south. Uh, but I will tell you, it was really one of, those, one of those families where the parents instilled in three boys. I have two other brothers. One works for the DOD. The other was a government military contractor. Um, and three boys that they gave us all the tools. So it really was, we're going to give you everything you need to be successful. Then it's on you. And so mom and dad gave us those tools in South Alabama. My mom even let us go to the same, um, elementary school that she taught at. She didn't want us getting preferential treatment. It was like that. It was like that. Um and so we were, you know, for us all three of us served in the military and it was easy for us because started our household <laughs> we call going into the military a vacation from the <laughs> house. Um um but so uh, I knew I wanted to fly out of high school. I'd started working on science projects that were I had science projects around the race of uh, the space station um that was being developed at that time and the SR 71 and an X-wing fighter. Um And I started working on those, and the Air Force and the Army came knocking on my door because I'd published something in the science fair that had gone moved into the newspaper. They're like, how does this kid, um, I sent an article to Popular Mechanics at the time, and so they came and knocked on my door. And from there, I got an appointment. I met my, uh, my congressman my junior year in high school, and I said, you're my ticket to the Air Force Academy. I'd like to go ahead and make that known today. And 12 months later, I had my appointment to the Air Force Academy. Um, and it was a, uh, it was a great time. It was a great time out there. I went on to uh, get another degree from Auburn university where my daughter is now. And I finished a master's at Kansas state university, my MBA.
1: Wow. How much time did you spend in the air force?
0: Um, two spent two, spent two years. So it was nice. Yeah. It was nice to be able to like, I put a knee on the ground. Um, so was a, I was able to opt out and pick up another degree. So it was always yeah. good. I was able to fly and, still do some time and still uh, be able to play ball and um, rehab at Auburn. So it was good.
1: No, that's awesome. No, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about a couple of things that you mentioned. So I want to definitely talk about leadership because obviously, uh, you know, you could uh, already hear all your passion around that topic, but I also want to talk about uh, being non-white, being black uh, and in the industry. And, you know, that became, a popular topic a couple of years ago, right? When Rodney King yeah. and everyone was like, Oh, we need to, we need to talk more about it. And I agree, uh, race relations, however we want to call it, uh, is really important. Um, uh, but you know, kind of like COVID, uh, it's sort of, uh, got taken for granted again or something. And, and we stopped talking about it and, uh, you know, digital voices. We're like all about like, let's talk about relevant things. Um, uh, in the industry, and this is one of them that remains something relevant. I didn't want to lose touch on it, and so uh, I want to talk about that as well. Because you know, a lot of our audience, like myself, uh, all I know is being white, and uh, and so I always love hearing from other people. Um, you know what it's like for them, uh, because we always assume everyone has the same journey, but we don't. We all have different journeys, uh, and so I think it's just something uh, good to talk about. So, um, but obviously, for you, uh, you know, you get to the academy. You know and you're it's it's a pretty it was it a was it a already pretty well mixed uh, in terms of diversity or or were you an outlier at the time
0: no there were there were there were others because it's around it's you know it's a a nationwide insertion of, of students so there yeah. were others that I was not the only in my squadron only I'm African American in my squadron so it so at that time they had definitely had started um, a nice, um, mix of black, brown, purple, yellow, male, female coming into the academy. Um, and, and so I didn't get to see that. Um, and even though I, I grew up in like I said, my mom didn't let us go to same Elementary school because we, um, she wanted us to be able to see more, do more, be more. Um, and I will tell you, I still didn't get to do all of that because I was in advanced prep classes where I was the only African-American kid in the class. (laughs) I was student council president, vice president of one of the classes, but I still didn't, it was still some isolation based on what I was doing in my path. So I will tell you that going to the academy was, was, I saw more at the academy than I did in my own high school classes because of of the path I was on.
1: Yeah. The military has been, I think, always advanced uh, when it came to, you know, having good diversity. You know, I also am a product of the, Military and you know it was uh, yeah I mean I you know it was always just like you didn't even think twice about it uh, but it's not so much the case in other industries and certainly when you looked at healthcare technology uh, it was pretty white and I, I think we've we've done a lot in in, in recent years I think to change that um, and create more opportunities uh, but I uh, but you know that's me talking from from my perspective what what's your thoughts on that.
0: No, I will tell you, uh, when I first came into, he- into healthcare, um, it was through McKesson, and um, I was developing portal technology here in Atlanta um, for a dot-com. Um, I was a CTO for the company, and I will, I will tell you, when they came to get me to help them develop their what's called Physicians Portal, um, I think there might have been one other African American on the team, so they brought me in to help develop this. I developed some technologies. Um, the CEO came down that was going to be appointed. She came down and saw what we were doing. And she put me on this aggressive path to, um, being what's called it stretch goals where they gave you a different role. It seemed like every year that you were yeah, there. Yeah. When I finally became, um, staff assistant to the president, um, I was walking back down Ed, and, and all the black people in the building were patting me and hugging me. And I get back down to my floor and I talked to one of my managers at the time and I'm like, wow. Why are all the black people hugging me? And he goes, um, "Did you just not come from the top floor? Did you see anybody else up there to look like you?" Um, <laughs> and, uh, and at that point, you know, for me, it, it's blind. Just go do your job. I wasn't looking for a color, but yeah. I was looking for a a job and an opportunity. And so I sought that as an opportunity. To, hey, let's see if we can open up more doors, do more with this. But it very what when I first entered healthcare, it was pretty much you know what does not look like the other in most offices or most events yeah. that I attended.
1: So what, what do you think we can do as an industry to continue? You know, I, I think we've made some change, um, but what, what can we do as an industry to continue to support diversity in the workplace? Cause I, I'll get into it later, maybe, but I'm, I'm a huge proponent of it. Uh, you know, but I'm interested in your thoughts. Like what, are there some tangible things that we might be able to do?
0: I think continue to have that conversation internally about what can we do to improve um, our one, our optics um, um, on our senior leadership and throughout our organization. What does CDI really look like? A lot of putting, putting their officers in place that are their chief diversity officers are in place. Um, Give them the levity to be able to hire um, men brown black purple yellow red doesn't matter give them that levity um but make sure i mean, they've got to be qualified but look for those qualified that don't look like the cookie cutter of the yeah. organization right because if you don't want to look you don't have to um yeah, yeah. but if you really want diversity you should be going into these universities and finding these sharp students to be able to deliver what you need
1: yeah that, that's some good advice there yeah i always tell people how boring would it be if everyone was like yourself? So, um, you know, I like myself, but if I'm surrounded by, by four or five Ed Marxes every day, I'd go crazy. I too. Uh, and, and, then, <laughs> and then it's like, what are you, how not just boring, like, you know, sort of making fun of myself, but also from creativity, from coming up with new ideas. If you're all from the same school or for the same region, or, you know, if you're all same, 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 you're going to be really limited in, in your innovation, in your creativity, in your impact. And so I'm like, I want the whatever as far away from me as I can, because we got one of me. Right. So let's get, you know, a diverse team. And, and, you know, I always hearken back to my New York City team where I was the only white person and mm-hmm. uh, like my best team ever. Everyone is so creative and, you know, with Asians and African-American, it's just a whole great mix of, you know, the melting pot of what makes the United States so great. And, and uh, yeah, so I encourage people like you are, um, you know, to really be purposeful. And, and like you said, you know, even the universities, uh, working with universities, creating your pipelines, uh, I I think uh, the world should be a much better place, healthcare, tech, you know, Mm -hmm. specifically be a much uh, better place. So um, yeah, so I was, I was really interested in in your uh, perspective. Anything else on that? uh, I I really
0: think you, 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 you're spot on. If you're surrounded by yourself, how can you look around the curve and be able to see if you don't have smarter people I, my my thing is always I have a mechanical engineering degree um I don't want to ever be the smartest guy in the room, but I want to be the guy that can hire all the smart people to be around me so I can look better
1: yeah yeah right? you, you and I are are the same right there um so let's move on to leadership so you know you're you've been out in the industry a long time and you have uh you have mentored a lot of people. What, you know, why, why are you interested in mentoring? Why, why is that important part of leadership? Well, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in that phase
0: in that gear of my career where it's about time for me to start putting on flip-flops and a tank top every day. And so I really, I really think, you know, when I sit down from what I'm doing in industry, you really want to see that industry thrive, continue to thrive. You want to put some smart people in the seat to help drive um and develop this new next generation and transformation within industry um and so that's why even even at my firm i know i'm at rsm and they really have a, a cdi initiative and they i will tell you when I, I was an acquisition into the firm and the ceo the week we were hired they flew us up to chicago and he came and sat he was sitting next to me during this meeting um and i was the only african-american in the room <laughs> and so um uh, and so I will tell you, he sat next to us and what he talked about for 20 minutes was their cu- culture, their diversity and inclusion initiatives for the firm. And, you know, you hear people just talk and, you you know, you're new to the firm. You never know what it's going to be. But I will tell you, after being here, you get to see you get to see it in action. You get to see someone that's that's getting ready to retire from that phase of their life. Um, talk about diversity. That's you know, a decade or so over where you are, but they believe in what they're saying to you about culture, diversity, and inclusion. And then you watch it in action in the firm. You watch how they make it known and seen and they support it. Um, And I remember our line of business lead, he said, uh, what executive that's a multimillionaire sits and talks about, that's white, sits and talks about culture and diversity like that today. That's inspiring. And I would have loved to have, recorded his message that day and had others play um, and listen to how he has that passion for culture and diversity. Um, But I think for me, being able to mentor means I get to do my part of reaching back and pulling up those students, minorities in technology, women in technology, bring them forward and give them a platform or an opportunity to showcase their skills at a level they may not get a chance to because they don't have someone reaching out to help
1: them. Yeah, no, that, that's really good. What about advice to emerging leaders? So if you're mentoring someone, Mike, and you're thinking about, you know, what's one word of advice that you might give them? Uh, what, what might that be? It may be something you talked about already with your daughters, but um, what what advice would you give?
0: Inspire them to continue to want to learn inspire them to want to learn and to listen. You have to listen first, then you can speak educated or have an educated um, thought about how to progress either yourself, your job or an opportunity but you have to be able to listen and then execute. That's why I tell my daughter to learn something teach something because if you're learning you're actually listening and then be able to share that with someone else teach someone else that's how the world grows, right? Someone found fire; they taught someone else how to build a fire. <laughs> yeah. Someone built a wheel; they taught somebody else how to make the wheel. People <laughs> yeah. give you these engineering analogies, but <laughs> the world progresses by us thinking, listening, learning, and sharing. And if we don't continue to do that, um, I, I think I heard a stat that we're the U.S. are producing less engineers than we had in the last fifty years now. And what's, what's stifling that innovation of engineers? What's pushing our engineers back? What, why don't people want to go into these fields of innovation um, and ingenuity? We need to be able to spark that flame again and get these kids up and running. Data analytics and healthcare is huge. Yeah. I, go, I go back over to Auburn um, and I go into these competitions where I watch these kids that are, I will tell you, Ed, they're more advanced than the people that are in industry right now.
1: Yeah, I believe it.
0: And so giving them that opportunity to thrive in industry, I think that's our duty um, as executives and as leaders to find those nuggets of inspiration, give them that chance and have others watch them thrive so they'll want to be on that path as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's good. That's good counsel. What about advice that you've received? Can you think back or maybe it's been recent? uh, some advice that you received that you were like, Oh yeah, that's spot on. And something that you you've taken to heart.
0: Uh, yeah, yes I have. And, and I, I had mentors, great mentors along my path along the way and still do, um, that give me guidance and listening. And I remember one was talking about, um, he was looking for a next position and he said his next position in a, in a company. And he said, Mike, I had this opportunity and I thought I was on this path and I get to, um, one week before, I've been preparing for two months for this one interview, and I get to the week before the interview, and they're like, "You know what? We're sorry, you're not going to make it until next year." I'm like, "Oof!" Yeah. I said, "That's rough." He goes, "Yeah, it was rough." He goes, "That's that's a, that's mentally crushing. Um, could really help you sabotage your career." Because, but I thought, you know what? I've come this far. I'm going to continue to per- persevere. So for me, it's if I run up against adversity and it was told to me this way is if you run up against adversity, now it's time for you to double down on what you believe in doing and do it better. you may have been you may have missed something along the way. Go back reevaluate, put that T chart together and now let's not miss any of the check boxes. And so for me it's when I when I run into a stumbling block, I sit back, I reevaluate me what do I need to do first and then how do I change pivot and then move in the right direction? And so I, I've taken that to heart, and I try to share that with as many as kids as possible because as they enter their career, I'm in my career, but some of the challenges are still the same. You want to get to a place. If you run into a stumbling block, you don't just abandon it. You reevaluate what could have gotten you over the hump, and yeah. then you then you re- re-engage.
1: Yeah. No, I like that. So, Mike, you do a lot of things. You were already talking you know, in terms of your career and leadership, and you, you've got... Uh, these kids and what do you do to sort of recharge your batteries i mean i'm sure at times you need some downtime you know what do you like to do that sort of keeps you fresh
0: i like that uh keeping me fresh i i've been known to go to a movie by myself sit in a movie theater by myself i love to go play golf i love golf that's one of the that's one of my passions there's a master's flag right there. there is a golf there's a little golf (laughs) holder right there. Over here is my RSM classic flag. I love golf. Uh, my downtime is go find play by myself with some strangers and meet a stranger, exchange stories for the day and just decompress. Uh, for me, I, there's a list of books above my head up there that I love reading. Um, and then every now and then me and my daughter will sit down and I will actually engage her in watching a scary movie. And so, my relaxation time is really about how to get outside, enjoy some nature, play golf. Um, um, But then, you know, again, the arts are are in my background. But my my decompressed time is sitting myself in a book, or just swinging a golf club, and being able to walk for a few miles and enjoy life outside.
1: Yeah, I like that. You know, if someone were to ask me, you know, tell me a bit about Mike. You know, one thing that I'm really impressed with, Mike, is your ability to engage people of all backgrounds. And, you know, I've seen, you know, you and I have been in many social situations together. And uh, to say that you're the life of the party, you know, wouldn't be an understatement. And you. you have this uncanny ability. And it's something that I think is important for success, but many people don't have it. So for our listeners out there that, you know, maybe the shy ones, the wallflowers or or maybe just like not super gregarious, but just enough, you know, what sort of, do you have any tips or tricks or how, how did you become that way? You know, that might be helpful to someone so they can learn.
0: Uh, I will tell you it's uh, I, I want to think it's my parents, my upbringing because I have two other brothers. Um, it, it's a party if you get three of us in the room. Um, and I want to say with neither one of neither the three of us, are different from each other in that way of being able to provide um a lighthearted um environment whatever room we enter into uh, but for those that are as not out as outgoing or being able to enter a room and turn the light on i would say find find something that you're passionate about um that's current and be able to engage that with passion find something that's Passionate, let people see your passion. You don't have to walk into a room and you know, put a mm-hmm. megaphone out, but be able to talk passionately about something that's not work related because people tend to shut down when you pull them into work. Yeah, so for me, it's I, you know, you don't have to read the headlines or watch the news every day because then it's murder, stab, death, right? But mm-hmm. be able to talk about something that's lighthearted that you're passionate about. There's something that you love in your life. If not, you got to go find that because that's what helps you be happy. Um, But I've always told folks that, you know, if you're going to go through an interview with me, I'm going to ask you, how do you open up a room? How do you open up a conversation? I'm going to ask that question because that tells you a little bit about the person. Are you thinking about that in advance? How am I going to engage someone I don't know, whether it's on an airplane, at a business meeting, at a dinner? How am I gonna open that conversation up with someone I didn't know? Yeah. And it can't always be about, so, you know, IT today is at a three percent. You, you can't have that. <laughs> now everyone's eyes are closing and their ears are closed too.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, you're so right. So many people do that. That's the funniest thing, you know. Because they're uncomfortable. They're nervous. So they go back to something that they know, you know, but it won't be as a interest you know larry king you know supposedly was a very shy person and he said what he did and i listened to this earlier in my career and i've followed it since then is ask people questions Uh, people enjoy speaking about themselves and so if you just show interest in someone and of course it needs to be sincere right you don't want to be that bser, and you know but you know if you can be genuinely interested in someone and find out you know they're like our talk today like you know what made you who you are today what you know where'd you go to school or whatever what music do you listen to it's like ask people questions and they're generally going to respond you know in a very favorably
0: And i will take that too i will will borrow that one from you ed that's that's one i can share with the students because they they're they're wanting to learn right they want to know how did you get here what made you successful when i get there what do i need to do um because once you get here there's still work to be done. <laughs> you get the job, there's going to be another job and there's going to be, you're, you're onto a new job. You're you're now onto bigger and better things from where your role started.
1: So, but there's still work to be done. There's still engagement that yeah. needs to happen. We did that to our kid, you know, there were, for a while there was four of us. So, you know, we'd fly somewhere. And of course, only three can sit in one row. Someone, so it usually was me, right? I would sit next to the stranger. But then as kids got older, it was like a test. We'd put them with the stranger and we said, we want to, and we could hear them, you know, I'd be right behind us. We said, we want you at the end of this flight to be able to tell us everything about that person. And they did it. You know, they were these shy little teens and they, they did it. We, it was great. And I said, see how easy it is. People will engage with you. If you're just friendly and ask them questions. I will tell you Ed, to that point, I,
0: it's so awesome to hear you say that about your kids. So I, I remember uh, my oldest, she was four. We're on a flight to Hawaii. I gave, uh I gave her mom my upgraded first class seat. You've always got the kid. You go, I'll sit with the kid. So I leave the four-year-old middle seat with a guy next to the window. I go up to see her mom for a second and I'm gone maybe 10 minutes. But the kid's sitting there doing her thing and I come come back and I'm like, talk to the guy. I told him I was leaving. He goes, oh, she'll be fine. I kind of like, everything okay? He goes, oh, so your daughter knows everything about me other than my social security number. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, he was like, you left." And she goes, "What's your name? Where do you live? Why are you going to Hawaii?" And so we we always taught our guy, our children to be expressive and curious, and they've always been like that. And it's it's good to hear that other parents give their that gift to their kids to yeah. be able to engage.
1: Yeah. Now, Mike, you're awesome. I want to meet. Uh, I definitely want to meet the rest of your family sometime. And definitely. And, uh, I feel they're pretty close to to what you're like right now. Um, hey, as we as we wrap up, you know, we start we we had a seri- pretty serious conversation there in the middle about uh, race relationships, you know, and uh, in healthcare, it and what we can do. Is I want to sort of leave you with the last word. You know, and is there anything else that you know, like our audience, you know, probably largely white, right? Because we're again sort of the digital still in healthcare, right. and you know what what can people like I do? You know, we've talked about a couple of things and I try to do them. And I try to be very intentional. Uh, is there any other, you know, advice you might give for our audience in terms of, you know, sort of having that diverse team?
0: Yeah. I, I think
1: understand
0: that you want to have other, others that, like you said, don't look like you around yeah. the organization, but be able to, dig in and understand and find places to go find this talent if not you need to find executives like myself that has a pulse on this thriving talent that are coming into industry that want to be in industry and 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 figure out what does that look like for your organization and that doesn't matter what industry you're in my job is to open doors um not only for my firm but for others like your firm um, and and bring that talent into market because these kids are sharp it does not matter the color. If we're looking at color in 2023, we're missing the mark. Unfortunately, others are looking at color. And I had to explain to several of my neighbors, um, you know, the, the police officer that may pull me over won't ask the same questions of me in a baseball hat versus you, because he doesn't know that I went to a military academy at Auburn or have I work for a firm. He doesn't know that. Right. I said, but you get the opportunity to know all of this in advance and bring someone into your organization to help you transform your thought leadership and the optics of your organization.
1: Yeah. Love it. I want to end with that. Mike, you're an amazing human. I'm so glad we've known you so long. Can't wait till we uh, connect again. I'm sure it's going to happen pretty soon. And yeah, thanks for being our guest on Digital Voices.
0: Glad to be here. Thank you, Ed.
1: All right. That wraps up another drop of Digital Voices. Thank you for being a listener.